2: Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out Anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Inquiries of Our Reality, do me a favor and drop me a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, come join the Discord or Telegram groups for the show. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow me across social media to stay updated on the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe to my Patreon for just $5 a month, where you will receive early access to Inquiries of Our Reality Big Dumb Inquiries, and Bizarre Encounters. You can also support the show by donating on Anchor or Ko-fi, which will help me upgrade equipment and hopefully eventually do this full-time so I can put out even more awesome content for you guys. If you guys want some t-shirts or other awesome merchandise for Inquiries of Our Reality, Big Dumb Inquiries, or Bizarre Encounters, stop by my Teespring store and get yourself something nice. If you're a creator or a listener, come check out Open Minds Media. We have an awesome community of great people who would love to meet you. From our featured creator podcast feed, to chat rooms, to even help questions, this is the place for you. For more information on the community, the podcast feed, and to stay updated on all the new things coming, check us out on social media, and all their links are available on our link tree. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered on the show, or you feel you can contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, shoot me a message on social media, or feel free to email me at of our reality podcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the Linktree link to be directed. Or remember, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone. I appreciate all of you, and I couldn't be doing this without your support. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How we ever start to understand this reality we live in Unless we question everything. Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 71st episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today with me, I have John John. He is a paranormal investigator. How is it going today, man?
1: Oh, it's going good. How about yourself? Not too bad.
2: It's uh, nice nice to have you on the show, man. I heard you on a couple of other shows and I was really interested in having a conversation with you myself. I
1: oh, appreciate it. Yeah, I was a little bit busy with all the podcasts. It's just been almost like it seemed like it was one after another and you know, it's good to get the the promotion going and get my name out there and along with, you know, with myself and Jordan, you know, my girlfriend and I and you know, just getting the team out there and getting the name out there so So people can reach us in case they need help.
2: I mean, that's kind of how it goes, though. It's like you pop up on one show and then you kind of go rotation around all the different shows because one person hears you. They're interested and then it just spirals down from there. So it seems like people will start a show on a topic and then they'll end up running through a bunch of podcasters and they'll take a little bit of a cool off period and then they'll hop back into it again, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, if it's I guess it's if it's like that, then I guess you must be doing something good, you know, for other people wanting to talk to you. So, you know.
2: Yeah, take it as a compliment. (laughs) Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah, exactly.
2: So uh, for anybody that hasn't already heard you on other podcasts or doesn't know who you are, uh, why don't you give them an idea of who you are and what you do?
1: Uh, So pretty much I'm a paranormal investigator. Hey, you got a Mexican Coke and I got a Mexican Coke. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: the way to go. Got to avoid that Uh, high fructose corn syrup. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: So a paranormal investigator of 25 years um, with uh, Dark Explorers Paranormal, which is the team that I created. Um, And the people that are with me are Daniel Cochran. I can't remember his name, how do you spell his name, but, uh, pronounce his name, sorry. Uh, and then my girlfriend, Jordan, uh, pretty much we've been, we handle a lot of residential cases. Uh, so pretty much 98 to 99% of what we do is all residential, uh, pretty much helping people, whoever need help in the paranormal supernatural. And I, and I usually just said, you know, the unexplained, and that could just pretty much mean a lot of things, but, um, pretty much that's what we do. Uh, I've studied a little bit of demonology. Uh, I was getting into the seminary as well and, you know, trying to make it more official, so to speak. But pretty much what we do is like handle the darker cases and try to get into, I guess, into the thick of things, you know, when trying to actually solve what's going on in the, inside of these people's homes, whether it be something personal on the land or just something more ancestral and just trying to figure out and try to get them to get the best help for them.
2: So before we start getting into some of your case stories, which I'd love to hear, uh, what inspired you to go down this path and to start doing this? Was it personal experiences or was it just certain things sparked your interest? Like what, what got you going?
1: Um, So like I was literally, I mean, I always tell them, like I was literally born into this type of stuff. So like when I say that it means like both sides of my family, have like dabbled on on anything and everything so to speak so like growing up i w- i used like i was really used to like seeing my grandma lighting candles praying over people people growling in in the living room you know just kind of like that's that was always something that i was just like used to so like it really just was like second nature but when i when i got older i kind of just misplaced all that and you know along with the abilities that i have i was just like you know what it's normal for me to be like, to hear my name being called at 3 a.m. when I'm walking, when I'm at work or whatever it is. But the path that I actually took upon it was just when it became something personal and that I really wanted to work on it. I mean, it that was probably around like six, seven years ago when I decided, you know what, um, I can't ignore this anymore and I just need to stop fighting it and just walk the path that I need to walk. But it's always been there. You know, I some people just kind of stray from the path and you just, like, venture out on top of the woods and go to the mountains and all this other stuff, and then you're right back on it again. So that's pretty much how it was. But, I mean, I had some, I, I guess, people who influenced me and made me figure out, as far as my abilities are concerned, uh, were, like, Lorraine Warren and all them. You know, when I, when actually growing up, and watching the original Amityville, you know, I liked that movie so much. And then I just was like figuring out who was like the, you know, just finding out everything about it. You know, that's when I discovered uh, the Warrens and, you know, I was just like, you know what, one day I want to talk to them and really, you know, just have a conversation about, you know, about myself and what's going on. And I just had so many questions and unfortunately I never had the chance, but you know, she was literally the one that kind of was just like, okay, I need a, figure out what's going on with myself, you know, and 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 see where it leads me. But pretty much, I mean, I was literally born into this.
2: It's kind of funny how everybody tries to stray away from the path, but yet you always get pulled back onto it. But yeah. you're talking about some abilities and some experiences that were happening that you kind of had to start figuring out. What were some of these abilities and experiences that you were having that made you kind of come back towards the path?
1: Well, the basic one is probably the, the empath with everybody has an empathic ability. Everybody does, you know, so, um, it really just depends on your, how sharp it is, so to speak. So some people are very sharp and very in tune with it. And then some people are just like, ah, you know, I have something, but I really don't even know. And there's something just like barely scratching their surface, but learning about myself, you know, why do I hear all these things? Why do I see all these things? Um, even feel them, um, going to like my, my cousin's houses and stuff like that. And just kind of have an overall feeling of something is there. And I've always had that, but just never understood it, you know, and growing up, my dad had abilities as well, but it was, it wasn't, it wasn't as popular as it is now. So pretty much back then, you know, you would just keep that kind of stuff to yourself because you didn't (laughs) want people to think you're crazy or anything like that. So he wouldn't like to talk about it at all with us. You know, even though stuff was going on in our house, he was not very open to it. He would be behind closed doors with my mom and just kind of talk to talk to her about what's going on, but not knowing that we're dropping or anything like that. So we kind of understand, and they didn't think we could understand Spanish. So when they were talking in Spanish, we kind of knew what was what was being said. You know, so when he said "fantasma," I'm like, "Oh, well, there's something here. There's like a a phantom here or something." You know, so um, yeah, it's it's. The psychometry, even even with that, I didn't really discover that until like later on, as my ability started to grow. Um, that's when I figured out like I can touch the walls, uh, put my hands in the ground, touch objects and stuff like that, and actually get a reading off of it. Now it wouldn't be like super clear, but just the exchanging of energy helped me figure out what's going on, you know, with that item. Um, but Sadly, I'm not sadly enough, but oddly enough, the things that I communicate w- with more are the darker things. Like, I can't tell if there's somebody, grandma sitting right next to me or anything like that. But the moment that I go into a location or go into a home, um, the stuff that really comes to me are, is usually the darker entities and stuff like that that don't have any good things to do, you know, so... I am very much in tuned with that for some reason, and I have no idea why. But I, that's the only things I can really pick up on, and that has helped me out a lot. But at the same time, um, if you're not careful, you know, having to dealing with with the darker energies, I mean, can take a toll on yourself and your family and stuff like that. So, you know, I had a I had to learn the hard way a couple of times. But you know, I'm here now, and I'm just kind of like, yeah whatever just get off my shoulder let's just, just continue to do this so yeah
2: <laughs> so uh i guess another good good thing to ask would be from your different cases that you've dealt with so far um mm-hmm. i guess this is kind of like a two-part question but what are your most crucial cases to yourself that you feel gave you the most uh most information about trying to figure out what's going on with everything mm-hmm. and two what are some cases that you may have had that if somebody didn't believe in the paranormal after seeing or hearing about this case, they may start
1: to believe in the paranormal? Um, Well, like I said, I I really work with a lot of families. Um, So usually when it has to deal with children, I am very much like in business mode, professional mode. And I am am there to work the case. I am there to figure out what's really going on. You know, um, because I remember too, when I was a kid, you know, seeing those shadows in the hallway, seeing those those shadow people speak, and hearing them, and all that other stuff. You know, it was it was like um, it was kind of scary. You know, for a ten year old, thirteen year old, just to be like, what What in the world is going on in my house? You know, and you're witnessing that. Um, so, like, I really put priority first to those cases that anything that involves children. You know, um, the step the second part of the question is like usually when families are going through something like that there's either the husband or the wife is not taking um into consideration what's really going on in the house they kind of just very dismissive about it but once we go in and we and some of them like to just be there with us while we're doing this and for everybody just to even be in the same room and I'm telling everybody hey everybody's got to be quiet why we do recordings and all this other stuff. And I'll do like a live playback, especially when it comes to like EVPs, I'll do like a live playback and let them listen for it for themselves, knowing that everybody was in the room, everybody was quiet. And then for them to hear a voice come out of the recorder, you know, it, it's almost like you can see their mind just go <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, okay, everybody was quiet. Nobody was doing anything. This is not pre-recorded, and we're listening to it live, you know? So right away that kind of changes the way they think about just the paranormal in general. But, you know, there's, there's some people who are just like just super, super skeptic and just, eh, I don't care if we were in the room or not. It It had to be from somewhere. Somebody had to say no, you know, maybe it was somebody who was just whispering it and I'm like, dude <laughs> but i mean usually like in our in our even even in our paranormal public tours you know we usually we get a, pe- a lot of people who are firm believers and they just want to experience and then there's probably like one or two in the group who are just nah i'm just here because she dragged me out and i let them you know do the recordings i'll let them hold hold some of the some of the equipment so that way they can get the first-hand experience with it and once it starts getting to the when it, once it starts getting later on, like witching hour and stuff like that. And then, you know, the K2 meters are going on, the rim pods are going off, you know, and they're literally just like, OK, <laughs> nobody's over there. This is going off. Something's speaking to me. They're getting touched. And then right away you see you see everything just change. And then at the end of the night, they're kind of like, OK, well, I'm not that much of a skeptic anymore, but there's definitely something unexplained that I can explain, but there's, there's at least they're further in to believing when they actually first got there, you know, so that's always a, a gold star in my book, so to speak.
2: (laughs) Nobody ever wants to believe and they're always a skeptic, yet it's always one of those things where when it comes to the right conversation, Mm -hmm. everybody has a paranormal experience. So you think it would be a lot more commonly accepted than it is, but still everybody tries to rationalize. But half of that, I think, is out of fear. It's not that they don't believe in it. It's just that they don't want to believe in it because they don't want to freak themselves out, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, even even like the UFO stuff, Bigfoot stuff, I mean, there's always – we're always – uh, well, well, we don't pay attention to our surroundings for one thing because there's so much things out there that are just keeping us busy. Um, that's intentional,
2: getting- of course, too.
1: Yeah, so like, you mean, when I was growing up, I mean, I'm not very much big into the UFO community only because I'm dealing with like a lot of paranormal stuff, but if I could, I would. But even just growing up in Oregon. You know, we lived in a ranch way up in the mountains. So like we didn't have any city lights out there or anything like that. So we would sit uh, on the back of my back, my dad's truck and just look up at the stars. I mean, at the stars. And you can just see, you know, one light just going across It'll stay there and it'll move another direction, stay there and move another direction, move, you know, of just completely weird ways of moving, you know, and back then we were like, you know, probably like 10 or 11, I mean, maybe even that. Uh, probably a little bit younger, but seeing that is just like, okay, did we witness, now I'm thinking about it, and like, did we witness something that's like, unexplained, you know, UFOs, I don't know, I mean, if considering that, that Oregon is kind of like, one of the, the spots, especially for like Bigfoot, you know, um, I mean, we had our share, too, of just like, going up into the mountains, and just camping, and hearing, and seeing, and looking at these big footprints coming out of nowhere, and you know, we we we've, we've experienced all that, but now it's just like, man, maybe we should just go back up there and really check now. But yeah, I mean, now if you could just go up there to the mountains, you're we're worried. We're worried about what's my social media, what's going on, people messaging me, people calling me. You're not really paying attention and just in 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 engulfing what's going on around you and just actually putting yourself into the middle of nowhere and just experiencing that, you know. So. You know, I believe a lot of people do experience stuff. It's just there's something going on over here and I need to see that's flashy <laughs> and <Yeah>. shiny.
2: <laughs> that and it's like a matter of they're not hundred percent sure if they saw something, so they don't want to report it and then be wrong or be looked yeah. be shunned shunned upon. You know, that's I feel like that's a lot of what it comes down to, especially with like Bigfoot settings and for UFOs, because it's like mm-hmm. how often you look up, you see something strange, and you're like, Oh, it's gotta be a plane. That's just what your rational mind wants to say, but you could have seen almost everybody could have seen UFOs multiple times and you just try to say, Oh, it's a plane. It's whatever. It's this, it's that.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one thing that kind of gets on my nerves. It's like, we are, we are literally going out there and trying to figure out if there is life after death, If there is something out there. And then once you capture something that's kind of like questionable and like, maybe I should put this out there right away, they put it like literally in the caption, like, I don't know if this is paranormal and all this other stuff. So that way they don't get any negative feedback. I'm like, dude, (laughs) we're literally investigating the dead. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) if they got anything to say, I mean, they should be just like, you guys are just weird in general, just for going out there. But I mean, who cares if you capture something that you think is genuine, then just put it out there. Like I firmly believe that I caught something, you know, don't put out there like, um, I don't know if I really caught something, but I'm going to leave it to you guys anyway. to decide that's just, that's just not me. If I capture something, I'm putting it out there and say, Hey, this is what I caught. I mean, even the common person
2: though, you could definitely even not use your real name, post something, still mm. interact with people about what you saw, what you yeah. think you saw and have no effect on your normal life. Cause you don't necessarily have to link it to everything. So just an idea for anybody out there that may have some awesome video or some mm. awesome experiences that they don't want to share. Just do it anonymously. We all want to see what you got.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, do Make burner accounts just for posting unexplained stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I, another good question I always like to ask uh, paranormal investigators: um, What's some of the creepiest things that you've experienced while doing investigations?
1: Um, the creepiest stuff. I mean, the one thing that I would have to say, which I ha- it hasn't happened to me since then, but I had a case in Wisconsin that the i think it was like the second day that i was there so we went to investigate this uh this private residential case and we were there for almost a week and uh i think it was the second day uh that we were there like i was dead tired and i fell (laughs) i fell asleep in the basement and the couch that they gave me to sleep on it looked like a freaking casket you know it was it was just a weird shape and i was like this looks like a half a casket um just fell asleep on there hard. And then at, I want to say it was like super late that something literally grabbed my ankle and you could, I could feel it grab me and then pull me off the couch. And I was like, what in the world? And I, I literally was like halfway of my, half my butt was hanging off the the couch. And I'm like, what just happened? You know, I look around, nobody's in, nobody's in the hallway. Nobody's in the other rooms. Um, The other guy that was with me, he was sleeping upstairs in the, in the, in the office. So I was like, that was kind of creepy, you know, something like because I could literally feel grab my ankle and just pull me off, you know. So but that hasn't happened to me since then, you know, but that case was kind of like a, it was a dark, super dark case, weird in general. Um, yeah, that was like that was a super odd one. But yeah, that, that had to be like the most creepiest so far, so far. <laughs>
2: So I guess kind of going into the other side, before we started the show, you said that you were starting to get into uh, like exorcisms and doing that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, What's some of the weirdest um, things or the things that make it so that you believe in it the most that you've experienced as far as like dealing with exorcisms?
1: Well, the exorcism part, I was even part of, I was, when my dad used to do them, I was always around. So I got to witness them even when I wasn't really part of them. So like for me starting to do them, it was not as crazy as it was, you know, as somebody would think about it and like, oh my gosh, I'm doing my first one. It wasn't like that for me because I've seen them. I know what they are. I know what they can do. I know how the people act. So I was, it was just a matter of me um, getting the words right, staying focused, um, knowing where everybody is at behind me if everybody's on the same page and that way, so that way I'm able to do what I have to do, you know, but the exorcism part them and the minor rights, you know, that was just, that was just like second nature. You know, it really I didn't think too much about it. I just knew what I had to do.
2: <laughs> do you think that uh, all of these exorcisms are d- demons, for example, or do you think that it's possible that they could also be other like dark beings trying to pretend like they're demons.
1: Well, so let's, let's get this uh, a little bit straight. So, um, when it comes to like exorcisms, that means it's like, those are very rare. And then those exorcisms though, that, that client, that person has to be almost a, well, has to be fully possessed. Um, so that's, that's, that's the whole exorcism in a whole, um, uh, basically, but, Minor rights are pretty much when somebody is being attacked, uh, when they think that there's something that's on them that they know it's not really them, but they just feel off sometimes. Um, That is a minor right. So I'm pretty much will go and let's just say I'm going to your house and I would pray over you. And when I would pray over you, I would try to remove those attachments that are on you. So that way it doesn't get into the possession part the exorcism part so that's it's almost like a prelude before it gets starting there you know so a possession when you actually have to do an exorcism you know when somebody is full blown it's very rare to find somebody who, who's who's like that but as far as minor rights are concerned I mean uh we probably do those I think probably once a case uh there's some times where people are just not wanting to have that performed on them, you know, but they would have their children or their husband or their wife done, but then them themselves don't want to do it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's rare that 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 happens, but usually when a family is calling me, it's pretty much, Hey, they're doing, they're willing to do whatever it takes to get rid of whatever is in their home. But I mean, it's, I would say, I would say it's almost like a, a basic protocol for us to do you know so and of course we don't do anything without anybody's permission so you would have to give us permission to do anything like that you know we just can't go in there and just start squirting <laughs> you with holy water and stuff like that <laughs> and just like put you there and and cast out the devil we don't do that <laughs> you know so everything has to literally be legit you know in order for us to do anything
2: oh <laughs> uh, so when you have people that don't want it done but they get it done to everybody else in the house does it almost like throw you off like almost in the aspect of Like I'm sure that when you deal with a demonic being that it's going to play game for as long as possible so that it's not noticed. So it would theoretically like be like, Oh no, it's okay. I'm good. But have you had experiences yourself where the issue ends up being the person that didn't want that to be
1: done to them. Yeah. I would say, um, it would be in the high nineties where that person specific person doesn't want it done to them are the ones that are usually have a severe attachment. Um, simply because, um, right before we go into the location, I'll message them and I'll literally tell them, Hey, are we still on for tomorrow? Most of the time people will say, yes, we are. We are good. And then most of the time the other 50% is just like, Oh, I don't know. I'm feeling very nervous for some reason. I don't want you guys here at my house. And this just feels funny. That's already an indication of like, okay, whatever is on them doesn't want me there to get to cast them off that family. Uh, so that hap- that does happen a lot, but it's like I tell the family once we book the date, once we already have everything ready for that date, don't change it for don't change it for anything. I don't care if your car exploded or whatever it is. We need to keep that date simply because this thing has to be done and it has to be taken off of your family. So. Um, once we actually get there and, and like, like you just said, you know, everybody else wants to be prayed for except for that one person. So once we actually start doing that, I mean, we don't really push on them. We'll sit there and talk to them a little bit more. Um, just asking questions, just getting really close to them. So that way they know that we are there with good intentions. We're not there to try to do anything, you know, and usually by the end of the night, um, they will allow us to, to pray over them. You know, so that way we can get whatever is out of the house, because if that doesn't happen, then that attachment is still with that person. And no matter what we do inside the house, it's still there with that person. And it can still, you know, roam the house freely, whatever it wants to do, because it has an attachment and it was unofficially or unintentionally invited, you know, with that person being host, so to speak. So um, that's why it's always it's always safer for everybody to be on the same page once we get there. And get ready to do that so that way um we can get it all done 100 percent now once that is done uh pretty much what we usually tell everybody is like once we leave the rest is up to you guys you know you have to say you don't want this in your house anymore out of your family you know you have you have to get rid of it because if you're not wholeheartedly ready to get rid of it it's just going to be like yeah this person's bullshitting I don't got to go anywhere, you know? So <laughs> as, as long as, as long as you're still half and half about it, it, they're, they're very legalistic. So as long as you're halfway, halfway, halfway in, halfway out, they're going to stay there, you know? So no matter what we do, if that person is not ready for them to go, they're not going to go. And when, that's pretty much it.
2: when it comes to like a dark presence, trying to do something like that, do you think it's a matter of, the dark presence is able to take control of the person at that point? Or do you think that they have a way of manipulating their emotions to feel and act certain ways?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's to make them feel certain ways. Now they, they can't really um, put, take over you and and make you dial phone numbers and stuff like that. But you know, they will make you feel certain ways about us in general too. Um, We come in and right away you can tell somebody just mad dogging the shit out of me are just looking at our team a whole differently than anything else. So they're already starting to pick up those feelings from whatever is in their house to make them feel certain ways, to make them feel sick, to make them have headaches, uh, to make them super, super angry, you know, just out of nowhere. And they don't need, I mean, and it's simply because we are literally there to get rid of it, you know, and it, it, any, in every way that it can possibly make you feel it's going to use against you.
2: Um, When it comes to like ghosts and stuff, um, like the demonic stuff, of course, everybody kind of has different beliefs on like what it may or may not be. But um, it's kind of more, I'd say, more set in stone where the ghost stuff is a little bit more up in the air. So when it comes to that, like what's what's like your belief on ghosts? Do you think that they might be something where it's like seeing through the veil onto something on the other side? Like it's possibly another dimension, a possible time slip. Do you think it's actually a tortured soul or do you believe that it might be something more like? if time's not linear and there's something awful that happens in a specific location, it almost echoes through the rest of time, but it's still that original event. And that could be why most of the time when it comes to those, they don't really like interact with you. Like you're actually there or not.
1: Yeah. Um, that one's a, that's a little bit of a hard one too. Cause I had somebody ask me that a while back too. Um, like some of the, for the trauma, the stuff that's like really super traumatic, I believe that that leaves some kind of imprint on the location. Um, no matter where that person has been, it's almost like, they, well, they didn't die over there; they died in this house. But what happened to them over here and at, at location B? You know, they went through so much stuff over there that it left a bad imprint. And then when they died over here in and, and location A, it was kind of like, well, the same energy is happening there, but. I see it as like seeing how that we are like energy That energy just doesn't stay in one place it travels all over the place Um, I don't want to say like we're on the same plane but I believe also too that because of the stuff that I deal with I have seen things manipulate and try to pretend that they are something that let's say the client is familiar with Uh, if the client is is in a was in a traumatic situation with a parent or a a passing of a loved one that they can manipulate themselves to either come in so that way that person doesn't really try to think like it's maybe it's somebody that it's a stranger or anything like that so they approach them as you know somebody someone who passed that they really cared for or somebody who was lived there at, at one time and they will come in as a as a child spirit or whatever it is. So that way they can manipulate themselves to come into their home. Um, the dimension uh, aspect of it, I always see like we're on a level playing field, so to speak. You know, there's some, there's some things that are just higher in energy than what a regular ghost would be. Well, who knows what a regular ghost is, but <laughs> <laughs> I believe that they, they, the higher, the higher energetic ones, especially if you're a, a, a you know, low energetic, uh, type of being like, um, negative, something that's just has bad intentions that you, that they can manipulate so many things that we just truly don't understand. Um, it's, it's, I don't, I mean, to me, I mean, I, I, like I said, we've, we've had so many cases where it's just like, we would think it's one thing and then we would step back, look at what we caught. And then it's just like, what the hell? If we, ne- we never came up with something like this before or it's just a different twist on something that's old you know um like evp recordings and stuff like that like it's almost like on the same playing field but if you have like a camera and a recorder going on at the same time i'll get in the same room on the same place i can put them back to back like this for some reason too i'll ask a question and I'll get an answer on the recorder, but I won't get an answer on the actual camera. And they're both going at the same time. Everything's going at the same time, but it's just like, are they, they're picking and choosing what frequency they want to communicate with you with. And I believe it's the same thing going on here. There's some people who just have um, an open communication with them. Mm-hmm. And they're easy. It's easier for them to communicate than somebody who's just <laughs> like we want to say like a, a natural cop blocker, so to speak, where <laughs> just, they just walk into a place and, you know, nothing ever happens to them for some reason. And it's and it's for, for some reason, things cannot communicate with them. But for somebody else, we're on the same plane. But for but for them, it's it's easier because of their energy. They're open to it. I mean, it's just so many open doors within that person that it's easier to communicate. You know, but I mean, like I said, we've come across some weird stuff. Um, I came across something that I call the collector, uh, which pretty much takes over a location and kind of almost enslaves like other ghosts, other entities that are lower level than it is, than what it is. And it just takes over the building. It doesn't allow anything to communicate with anybody. Uh, you can pretty much feel like the energy just gets sucked up get sucked dry because of that one entity is there you know so i mean like that that whole field that whole area is just like weird you just i we truly don't really understand all that but i mean it's i don't know you know that's like it's a hard question
2: (laughs) (laughs) so like there's like a like a hierarchy when it comes to like angels demons things like that do you think that it might be the same for ghosts then off of kind of like what you were just explaining
1: i would say so i would say so um i believe there's some people who may have passed away who were um, um why does everything have to do with with, with drama and trauma and, and traumatic and stuff like that but i mean like
2: how the level of how bad their trauma was kind of yeah, makes yeah. how strong their energy is so it kind of looks yeah. them higher
1: up that line yeah pretty much you know so i just i that's the part i'm trying to understand like even when i'm just talking to you about it like why does it have to be so traumatic on how they passed in their life have to be their energy to be so high you know why can't somebody just be like like right now as we're talking you know there's always a person who walks into a room who's just their energy demands you know to be looked at to have a conversation with that person is always like the spotlight inside that inside that room you know everybody knows somebody like that so why can't that be the same way in the afterlife you know somebody who has just that energy just just to have it You know, why does it have to be so traumatic for them to have it and then just be like, okay, now I'm like incredible Hulk of the ghost world. But
2: (laughs) Do you think part of it might just be the matter of like how long they've spent in the ghost world to like fully understand how to use the abilities that they have? And
1: that kind of like like lifts them up the chain? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you like the movie Ghost.
2: <laughs> I guess theoretically it's like like you come in and you don't know what what's going on. That's why you try to communicate with anybody that'll communicate with you. But after you've been there for a while, you kind of understand what's going on, how to use the abilities that you have. Then at that point you can like become stronger because it's not like, you know, just like imagine a superhero just learning how to fly when they're all just
1: Yeah, I mean can't really can... get off the
2: ground properly. And then the you know the... Yeah. So
1: like even when we're doing cases, um We'll always, one of the, one of the few questions that we always ask is like, if you can hear me and if you can see me, we want you to, you know, touch this red light here or this green light and light it up for us. You know, if if they can clearly do that, then, you know, they're very intelligent. They kind of know already, hey, I can hear them. I can see them. I know how to do this. Um, The problem is now is like, if that's true, then, you know, we're looking at a whole nother type of thought process for, you know, people passing, you know, cause it's almost like um, the weird thing about it is that we got a, we got a case coming up that deals with like the gin, um and how their aspect of, what do you want to say? Like how the aspect of, of the gin is like, they actually have their own communities. They have their own children, all this other stuff, you know, but the gin everybody thinks is like evil, you know, demonic and stuff like that. So, like, who's to say that? Sorry, I don't know if you can even hear her, hear her or not. But
2: slightly. Um, I yeah, guess I was cool. going to interject for a quick second, though. Um, for people yeah. that aren't familiar with the term jinn, I usually mm-hmm. kind of imagine more of like a like a genie type being. Personally, that's kind of how I've always understood it. But is that the best way to describe it to somebody that hasn't heard that term before?
1: That's how they portray it. That's how they portray it. You know as somebody as a, as, a, as a being You rub the lamp and it comes out You know just like Aladdin But <laughs> But
2: I guess I wouldn't go back to like You know just yeah. like the movie impression of them. But like yeah. from my understanding What was it there was originally like Three different types of beings created According to I don't even remember the folklore And it was like humans, gin, and then like a third one uh, That was demonic right So it was They were
1: originally made of
0: clay man No
1: he was just the, the Three classifications the Angels. Angels um, were made on Thursday. Sorry. Angels were made on Wednesday. Jen were made on Thursday. Humans were made on Friday. Okay. Angels were made on Wednesday. Jen was made on Thursday and then humans were made on Friday.
2: Which is probably why they're miscommunicated to be demons is because that kind of fits in the gap, but they're not really... Because technically demons would be fallen angels. They'd fall into the angel category. So people kind of mm-hmm. get that mixed up where Jen isn't demon. It's kind of like its own Yeah, they, they they're like race. Their
1: own thing. So it's like they have this, the free will to either be evil or good. And then there's, you know, an aspect of them where they actually help people um, almost like guardian angels, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other ones who are just (laughs) flesh eaters and like to cause havoc in your own personal life. So, I mean, and like like I said, they, they actually have their own communities. They can have children, um, that type of stuff. So like comparing it with the ghost world, Nobody really truly knows what's going on there. You know, it's just, are the intelligent ones just really communicating with us? Because, you know, most of the time, you know, when we ask them certain questions, you know, we're really trying to figure out what we're dealing with. Most of the time we think we're dealing with something ghostly, but we are not too sure what's actually going on behind the scenes. But the cases that we have been getting on, uh, have been taken on, you know, it always proves the other direction, meaning that it's there with bad intentions. Mm -hmm. You know, we haven't came across a case where this thing is just being innocent and it's just there because it's lost. Hasn't been the case. And we've been doing this. Like I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, Now, there might be something residual. that it's just, you know, stone tape, stone tape theory type of thing. You know, it doesn't know that you're there. And it's just continuing in its path, whatever it does. And it just it just goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. There's also that too. But the ones I'm always concerned about are the ones that know that we're there. They can hear us. They can see us. They can feel us. They can manipulate the energy around. They can manipulate anything and everything. Who's to say if this thing is so intelligent that it doesn't have bad intentions as well? Sure. You know, so that's 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 the, I mean that's the main that's kind of the things that we all that we're always taking on you know is just that other side you know what's really there what's really what's what's going on behind the scenes <laughs> well
2: i guess this is kind of like a two it's not i don't want to say a two-part question but it's kind of two separate questions both touching on what you were just talking about but um when it comes to again like the the hierarchy of like the ghost world do you yeah. think another way could be that they uh, like harvest energy from scaring people, just like that negative emotions. They might be able to like climb the chain of being stronger off of just manipulating the energy and like taking the energy around them. And then the second part of it, well, not, I guess, kind of a little bit of a different question, but uh, the whole genie concept, where they kind of fall into, well, Jin concept falling into the paranormal world. Do you think that um, like they're almost like the trickster beings that people kind of mix up? and confused and they kind of give them like the wrong title and maybe they're a little bit more prevalent in the paranormal world than what people think they are just because they're trying to like hide what they actually
1: are yeah okay so let's stick with your first one first and uh, so we always tell everybody going into a case uh be careful on on how you are putting out your energy because if it's a negative energy then you're and you're pretty much feeding whatever is there that is negative um anything negative is not going to get your happy energy and be like, Oh yeah, this is what I'm feeding on. with, with that type of stuff. We're always concerned about um, manipulation of feelings and stuff like that. Simply because like if it's feeding off negative energy, how a person thinks about themselves, meaning depression, uh, excuse me, um, suicidal thoughts, all this other stuff, you know, kind of rolls into one, one big ball of energy for them
2: because they'll and, take uh, it and then they'll try to amplify it. Correct. To try. Yeah, like if yeah. somebody has a little bit of it wrong with them, they'll try to just ex- yeah, expand it, it just, as much as they yeah, can.
1: Yeah. So that way they are able to do and get the energy that they need to start the process of the other stuff. Meaning um, once somebody is already starting the process of like um, being depressed, getting oppression, getting away from people, not wanting communicating with anybody, you're locking yourself up in the room, closing all the, closing anything and everything to you. Um, the thoughts come in. You're always fighting with family. I mean, all that negative stuff. It starts getting into a big ball, and pretty much that thing, whatever's there, is feeding off of that. Once it gets enough strength and gets what it needs from you, it starts to continue to move the ball forward, meaning getting into the the oppression stuff. And trying to manipulate your thoughts as far as it can go as to get into that, um, the final stage, which is the possession. You know, so once you get to that stage, it's kind of like, okay, I got you there. Now I'm going to bring in the big guys. So the big guys will come in, you know, I meaning the, the, the super higher hierarchy of all of them. Um, I don't like to name any names, but, you know, things of, you know, with, you know, Z O, Z O would be for an example, would come in because it's already set the stage for the grand finale, so to speak. But it had to take it had to take something lower, lower end to get you to get you to that point, to push on your buttons, to make you think um, that nobody loves you, to make you think that nobody cares about you, that you're you're here alone, all that other stuff. So all that negative energy is just it's just getting saved and saved and saved until it gets you to that point. Um no, before course.
2: you pull too far from that, just a little quick question Do you yeah. believe that the things that preempt for the big show get some kind of like reward for doing that? Is that, is that like possibly their motivation for doing that? that
1: that's a good question because I really don't know. I really don't know because like, um, um, I don't know if they get like some type of reward or they get that would be that would be that's nice. I actually never knows nobody's, nobody's ever asked for me that before, so I really don't know. I Uh, mean, being um, a
2: tortured soul, I feel like it would definitely be better all Mm -hmm. around to be trying to possess somebody rather than be in hell itself. So just off of just being, having the ability to possess somebody, I feel like it's already a better set way of living than being in hell. So that's, that might be the reward all in its own. It's just not having to be in hell.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we never, we don't know what, what the reward is like, Hey. You get this person here on, on my behalf, then I'll grant you another life, go back to earth or whatever it is. And that might, be, that might be the ultimate goal, just like to get life again and be out there in the world. We don't, I mean, we don't know, but that seems like a good reward. I mean, I would shit. I would like, hell yeah, to take tacos again and drink some Mexican Coke again. let do
2: it. <laughs> hey, I mean, if they're tortured beings to begin with and they're already messed up people, maybe they get amusement out of torturing people more. So like the other side of it is rather than being a tortured soul, you get to be one of the souls torturing the souls.
1: Yeah, exactly. I got you. Yeah. But um, that's, I mean, I might, I, might, I mean, I have to look into that. I have to really dig to see if there's like some type of, reward for that because i don't think anybody's ever talked about that
2: or even just like a climb up the hierarchy chain for example yeah, like he, who knows he, what it might be up.
1: yeah because i mean we know the the, the top tier guys but we don't know who's in charge of the uh oh my gosh it's up my mind um legions so like we don't know that how the the tier works on as far as legions go you know we know everybody else we know the generals the mayors and all this other stuff how it goes into that but once it hits the the legions like how does how does that work you know so who knows about that part um the djinn um can't remember what what was the question again on that part
2: um the djinn part was do you think that they are what people perceive to be as like the trickster beings because they don't want to be seen so they may hide themselves within the paranormal or even like for example the cryptid community to try to like disguise themselves and almost like entertain themselves by like playing a game with people. So I don't know. Could they be confused to
1: be the trickster beings? Um, well, I haven't done enough studying on, on the gen in general. Um, when I did do research, you know, it was kind of pretty much like the basic stuff where it came from, how it works, all those other things. Um, I don't know if there is enough, Belief in that area to be just be like in the middle of Texas, you know, it's 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 kind of weird for a gin case to just to pop up. But if you were to go like to Israel or Pakistan or something like that, I mean, when I used to like watch this, I forgot what it is I think his name's Mister ballin on YouTube. Um, he had some things I think a couple of years ago where soldiers would come across uh, these types of gins in caves and stuff like that, you know, just doing, uh, patrol, you know, for the, for when they were doing, um, in the desert storm area, you know, so they would come across this type of stuff, you know, but like to have it here, I don't think there's too many people just that doesn't, that, that has experience to deal with, with Jen in general. But I mean, if it is like something like cryptic, where it's just like, like Bigfoot and just gets shits and shits and giggles for what it's doing, mm-hmm. you know, um, Oh, man, I I don't know. Uh, simply because you know there hasn't been enough of that here to really just fall back on, you know, to get that experience, to get that evidence, and trying to figure out what's really going on. Hell, I think Bigfoot has more evidence than the gin does, <laughs> especially, especially in the states. <laughs> I haven't I haven't heard of it, you know, in the states. Really, you know it's it's always been something, you know, overseas uh, in general, but.
2: It might be a link to like sacred land though. That might be what it is. But yeah. you're, you're mentioning that there were sightings of them that from like soldiers. Um, is there any like descriptions of like what they look like from these sightings that you know of?
1: Um, well, from what I have been, what I've, what I researched um, it's almost like they are skinwalkers. Like they take on the, the uh, change shapes, um, serpents, um, I do know that one of, their, one of their enemy is like wolves for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I think, I think it's a wolf, but they don't like them at all. It's, it's, it's funny, but they do change shapes. Um, commonly, it's like the serpent. Uh, and I think it was, um, oh, can you remember the other one? I don't remember the other one she fell asleep on me <laughs> but yeah i think um the most common one that i have seen that it, it would change shape so it reminds me of a skinwalker how they change to a dog and stuff like that um well pretty much anything but a lot of the a lot of the reports have have shown that uh as far as like it just shape shifts
2: it almost makes you wonder though if there are sightings in the united states but they're under a different name just because of The Mm. ethnic background that's along with them because it sounds a lot like like a mimic almost like maybe like we have them here but it was just because of the people we just ended up calling them a different name and then years Mm. down the line it's we know them as two different things but they might be the same exact thing
1: yeah because like i know in um in south texas southeast texas they have like a reporting of like a dog man out there but Mm -hmm. from what their description looks like it sounds exactly like a skinwalker you know, so it may be the same thing, but just people perceive it as oh, it just looked like a dog. But if you actually look at a skinwalker, it's kind of hunched and stuff like that. It has they usually have like the big fur coat of a of a fox or not a fox, it'd be too small, but <laughs> a coyote or something like that. So I mean, it kinds of, it, in its description, it does sound exactly the same. I mean, to me, so if if there is something similar that is out there, I mean, people may perceive it as oh it's just you know something demonic or something like that and it could be just you're no knowing that you're dealing with a djinn or something like that or a skinwalker because if it is shape-shifting you know that's something odd you know just to be handling with true
2: so uh, you mentioned them earlier in the show but um i personally had experiences with shadow people so i always like to ask um like what do you believe shadow people are do you think that they're some type of something paranormal? Do you think that they're a totally different type of entity? Like what, what, what do you believe that shadow people? I believe that it's
1: a different type of entity. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a ghostly figure. Um, The ones that I've always seen uh, when I go to locations, have always been like, you know, just from the peripheral vision and stuff like that. Uh, Rarely have I seen some that would just literally walk in front of me Um, on the super dark cases that I've have investigated the ones that literally that are literally in front of me are kind of like the ones that don't just give a shit. <laughs> they know they 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 know like hey if I do this I can scare the crap out of you just by walking across. Um, now the ones when the ones that I see when I when when I was thirteen, um, it literally woke me up from dead sleep because I heard conversations. Um, so I get up and I'm on on my uh, bunk bed and I'm on the top. I get up and I start walking to the, to my living room. And my living room has like this big uh, window there and right in front of it is the street lamp and on the side. So like my mom had these um, thin curtains, but not so thin where it would, and that's so thin, but it would, it would still kind of, you still uh, see light through it. Yeah, yeah. You still see light through it. So like when I went into the living room, the two shadow people that I was looking at were very slender, and then their neck was long and skinny, and then their head kind of just pointed up. And they were actually talking, and I couldn't understand what they were saying. But now that, I'm, like, I thought about it as I grew up, I was like, they were they were talking in tongues. The way that they were sounding, it was just like very alienish and just sounded like backwards. But they were literally having a conversation, and I course got scared and I went back into my room and then when I told my brother um he had looked out as well and there was nobody there was nobody there and it was only like a couple of seconds you know because my my room was literally just around the corner you know so from me seeing it going back into the room peeking out it was like boom they're gone you know but um that was the only time that I've ever seen like a shadow person with that much detail you know, and that was at a young age, but everything else that I've seen so far, you know, I've seen figures that are darker than the dark, so to speak, and they'll move in the darkness and you can see their silhouettes still moving across. You know, I've seen stuff like that, but I believe that they're just a totally different entity than anything else. What it might be, I have no idea, but I just know when there's shadow people involved in your home, it's, it's like, (laughs) uh, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign at all.
2: See, I have a kind of two beliefs on them. Either one, I think that they could possibly be different types of entities, but Mm -hmm. they're a light spectrum that we can't perceive. So we just see them as a blackened figure, but they could have full detail. It's just something that we can't perceive properly. And then my other theory on it is that if there is a place called the void or a realm called the void, that there are the people or the things that preside in the void. That's, that's kind of where I
1: fall at least. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, that kind of, kind of coincides with the, the, the dimension question earlier, you know, like what plane are they actually in? Are they on our plane? Different, different plane. Is it almost like, uh, oh my gosh. Almost like a
2: dark dimension.
1: That, almost like the Dr. Strange type of, uh, movie where things is just like in different areas, but everybody's on the same plane. <laughs> yeah. It's stacked. Um, like yeah, Stacked reality
2: yeah, that it all exists stacked. in the same location.
1: Yeah. It's just like, it takes a special few of us to really see what's going on. And it's just like, oh, there's actually other stuff here, you know, to to somebody normal. It's just like, oh, this is just everyday life. There's nothing here. But meanwhile, there's all kinds of stuff going on around us that we just don't even see ourselves. Um, See, I had
2: somebody explain it pretty well. They said like, imagine a telephone book, like it's all one layer and it's very, very thin layers in between, but you can go up in the pages and down in the pages, but it's still part of the same same like thick like if, if reality is the book itself like mm-hmm. each page is like a different layer within the reality and they're thin enough that you can go up and down within them if you understand how to do it it, it was a it, the way that they described it it was a lot better than how i'm describing it but i, I kind of not,
1: go ahead
2: i don't to say i kind of like how they described it that it's just like imagine reality as the telephone book itself and each realm is a page within that
1: i got you it's almost like the um well, I hate to say it, I hate to reference it like that but like like the low key episodes, you know, from Marvel how mm-hmm. like they have that all timeline but what you're doing is almost like it's on the same timeline and what you're doing could affect something else and it's just like a whole whole another like layers upon layers <laughs> upon layers of stuff. You know, even even the uh the show The Umbrella Academy kind of shows it just like that how the timelines are there. And like, there's one character that just blimps into another timeline, but it's all on the same platform, depending on what they're doing, either the world is going to end or there's something else going on, you know, but it's all like on the same level playing field. I mean, it's, it's, odd.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly weird too how it's getting hidden in so much stuff in popular culture now that it's like people are being able to understand these concepts yeah. without even understanding what concepts they're
1: learning how to how to understand. (laughs) Yeah. It's 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 funny because like it would take it would have to take like a movie to for you to be like, oh yeah. Never thought of it like that. But okay, I get it now. You know, just I literally reference like Marvel comics just to just to make it (laughs) easier, (laughs) just to clarify it.
2: (laughs) It makes you wonder if it's like (laughs) intentional to get the secret out or if it's like it's somehow just manifesting itself and then it just ends up becoming a good analogy for it. Like It's almost like that concept of like being used as a vessel to create something without understanding what you're creating, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like the hidden messages and that used to be in music and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> subliminally they would have something in there where I'm just like, oh, you know, I feel I felt this way now, but put that record or that vinyl backwards and it has like a different hidden message in it and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just like I don't know. That's how I feel like it is. It's it's, it's literally like in hidden in plain sight from us, you know, we don't really see it until we're ready to see it, you know? And once we're there, it's just like, Oh shit, I see it now. Um, It's kind of like information, you know, it's, you're not ready to, you're not ready to receive it unless you are ready to receive it. And then it starts making sense.
2: Then you can't go back after that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can't go back after that. You start seeing that horse and that weird looking puzzle. there. like, Oh shit, there's a horse and a frog and a pony and all this other stuff. (laughs) on facebook
2: <laughs> so uh switching gears a little bit you also mentioned that you do paranormal tours um yeah. what are some of the locations you go to why did you pick those locations and if anybody was interested in going on some of these tours like where where would they come and
1: do these tours at so um the ones that we are doing now this year um simply i picked those because of the of the activity that's in them um the first one that I want to talk about will probably be like the bookseller. The bookseller is very old, a lot of history in it. It's downtown temple. Um, There's been a lot of stuff going on in that area in general. And it seems just like every single time that we have been in there, something new happens, something brand new, new energy. Um, When we first went in there a couple of times, uh, and I investigated this place for a while, and I have never experienced any type of disembodied voice at all, at all. The entire three or four years I've been there. Just maybe last year, it was like our first, very first one that happened. And it, we were literally close together. So we, we knew it wasn't any one of us, but it was literally around the corner. And it was just like, no. And we all of us heard it. And we were like, what the hell? And I was over here thinking, like, that's never happened before in our building. That's never happened. But it, it always seems that there is something new that comes and happens. Um, a book gets thrown. Disembodied voices. People get touched. One person got slapped. You know, it's like okay, that building has to be on on the tour, regardless of what happens. Um, Is there a backstory to that specific building? Yeah. So, like, it used to be a speakeasy uh, back in the day, and uh, it also used to be a brothel as well. Along with it, it's 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 kind of it's kind of small, but I guess back then they had like, I don't know how they did it, but they had seven stores inside it divided off. Um, there's that. And then there is the, the history of the girl that got apparently got raped and murdered down in the tunnels there. So the story goes that this person, um, this girl got raped. She got murdered in one of these in, in, the, in the underground tunnels of temple. Um,
2: was that linked was, to the brothel? Like, was she somebody that worked in the brothel? I
1: don't, I don't know. I don't know that part, um, um, but that was the rumor. And then when we started doing research, we couldn't find the girl's name, but we did find the guy that was accused for it. Now, he got hung literally in front of the bookseller where I guess it was the hanging tree. Uh, they hung him there. And then found out that that was literally the, the last time that they hung someone, I guess, in Texas was it was in that area there. Well, it was in that tree, literally in front of the bookseller. Um, story goes as well that he was innocent, that he didn't do it. So all that history with that, uh, Bonnie and Clyde um, were also reported in that same area and killed somebody there as well. Uh, So we got all that too, you know, the underground tunnels were like moonshiners would, you know, go down the tunnels and, you know, distribute what they had to distribute as well. Uh, So that's, that's literally all there. Um, Downtown Temple has like, like I said, it has a lot of history uh, and a lot of the buildings there now are getting renovated and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff happening now with those new buildings. Shaking Um, everything up. (laughs) Yeah, shaking everything up, you know, so it, it's pretty active. So we have another location there too as well. Um, I can't really talk about that one because it's almost, it's a private residential case slash downtown building. So I don't want to give it out because I know he'll be upset if I gave his address out or even to talk about it. But could you at least um,
2: kind of brush over the story so that yeah, it doesn't yeah. know the location, but the yeah. story is always interesting. Of course. Yeah.
1: So like, well, I don't know too much about this, but, about the history of it, I do know that when he invited us to go out to his to his home, that there was stuff happening and all this other stuff. So we went and investigated that location. Um, a few of my a few of my uh, investigators got sick uh, from their stomach. Um, there was people getting touched. Um, we heard uh, footsteps going down the floor, just like almost like running towards us. Um, The owners reported almost like when they would go to the top of the steps, like something would try to push them down. Um, And then when we, when I was in the basement with another investigator, um, she got really sick down there. So as I kept, of course, you know, as I kept pushing to start asking questions and more questions to figure out what was going on, we literally seen two yellow eyes in the back corner of the basement like we literally saw those unfortunately didn't catch it on camera because i was literally holding it in my hand you know doing like a face you know just kind of showing around Mm -hmm. and as i panned over to the left i see it you know way and back in the corner where they had christmas decorations and all that other stuff so like whatever was there there was no light for anything to cause an eye shine so it had two glowing eyes and they were yellow and it happened just Real quickly, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I literally just seen like two yellow eyes right over in that in that left hand corner. Immediately, the girl that was with me, uh, the investigator, she got really sick, and she was like, "I can't stand this," and she had to go back up. But we had they got scratched up there as well. Um, I never get scratched, so I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, that's just you know two other locations that's going on there. Um, the other one is in Bartlett, which. That has a lot of history to it as well. Uh, It's one of the older towns in Central Texas. So, I mean, we're talking about First Railroad, the first ones to get electricity. You know, it's like (laughs) super, super old. But a lot of the stuff that's happened there has been uh, a lot of traumatic stuff that's happened to the town. Um, A major fire downtown that killed a lot of people, Um, people just getting murdered, even as recent as – probably three or four years ago, you know, there was like a murder that happened out there as well. Um, the first time when I went out there was somebody was reporting, seeing a big shadow running into the rooftops of downtown. Uh, and it was actually chasing after this person. And then he put it on a, he put it on a community chat. Then everybody was talking about it. Then I got tagged in it and I went out there to investigate. And when I was out there at 3 a.m. by myself, I saw like this big shadow person um dart off from left to right, and it was probably about nine foot tall, maybe ten foot tall, and it was just like a slim figure just ran across the hall i mean not the hall but the alleyway. I darted literally for it, and I just took off chasing after it and Once I got to that that area where it was at uh, I don't know you know anything about the lachusa, but in our in our in our um belief is like if you're out there and you see something and you start whistling at it and it start, you start whistling for it and it whistles back at you, it means that you're trying to call for it. <laughs> so, like, I was out there at 3 o'clock in the morning and then, like, I'm sitting in the middle of the alleyway because I seen this thing. And then out of nowhere, you hear the, the whistling. And I was like, what is that? And I'm just, like, paying attention. And then I hear, <whistles> and I'm like, oh, shit. It's like it sounded like it was literally right across the street. So what do I do? I went ahead and whistled too. So I did the same thing <laughs> and it repeated the pattern that I was doing. So now I was like, oh, shit, what am I, you know, what am I getting myself into? So I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go forward and go see what this is. I literally went over there, checked it out. There was nothing around at all. And then um, I heard like this big flapping, like, like how something big would just go and take off. Mm-hmm. You just heard that whoop, 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 took off and I was like, man, what the hell is this? So like, that's that's what Bartlett is um very very active as well but there's some nights when you're just out there it's just like man there's there's literally nothing out here you know but you catch it on the right day in the right time I mean that place that place would make you scared <laughs> I'm
2: glad you mentioned that at the end because it's always like a lot of researchers when it comes to cryptid research paranormal research anything it's like every single time they go out they catch something so i always enjoy the people that say like you're not going to catch everything every time because those are the people that are actually i feel doing doing the research and not just trying to do it for entertainment so i appreciate you
1: wording that way and saying that (laughs) i appreciate it man yeah because i'm very big into that um especially with like the hispanic folklore of all that stuff you know i know there's like bigfoot and all that other stuff out there but like um, what I'm gonna try to do after, I mean, I don't know, I don't know why why I said after, but like when I get extra time to do it, uh, I want to create a small little series that's dedicated to nothing but the Hispanic folklore of like La Chusa, um, La, La Llorona, uh, stuff like that that our culture is dealing with that nobody really talks about, but it's just like oh, don't go. To the fucking river at two o'clock in the morning because the, the crying lady is going to grab you. You know, I've literally gone out there to like small creeks and stuff like that just to purposely see what's going on out there. I mean, yeah, it's totally different when you're out there by yourself and the water is just like going super quick and you're out there whistling and crying for it and yelling for it to come on out and you hear like splashes of water just out of nowhere. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a totally different aspect, you know, but. Oh man, it, it gives you a big rush, but like, yeah, you just, we, nobody really has stepped into that area of, of the Hispanic folklore. You know, I mean, everybody gets into like the Jersey devil, Mothman, Bigfoot, stuff like that, but never really into the Hispanic stuff. You know, it, it's, some of it, you know, is kind of scarier than, you know, the Mothman and stuff like that, you know, so
2: I was going to say I'm familiar with Chupacabra, but I'm not too, too familiar with a lot of these other ones. Uh, do you yeah. mind just throwing a couple of them out there that I may not yeah. have heard of just because um,
1: I'm interested? The La is pretty much a Spanish word for witch. But with us, it's almost like the witch takes on an owl. And usually it's like a, it's a, it's a I don't want to say, I don't want to give a description, but it's pretty, it's a pretty good size owl. Um, usually they are white which kind of coincides with the, the alien aspect, you know, with the big white owl and stuff mm-hmm. like that that people usually see. So it kind of falls into that same category, but it's almost very different. So the, the witch kind of shape, uh, shape turns shape into uh, the big owl. Now, when it whistles for you, it's pretty much wanting to communicate with you and drag you in into the, the woods deeper, so that way, you know, when it's ready, it's going to take you and <laughs> pretty much into the woods by yourself. And you're whistling at this thing that's whistling back at you. And the next thing you know, you're just in the, you know, in the, in the deep. Uh, so that would be the Lachusa uh, or the Lachusa bird, you know, is what we call it. Um, the Yarona is pretty much like the crying, the crying woman of the river. Um, the, 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 the folklore of that is pretty much there is this woman. Who uh, had kids, and I guess there was this guy that she was wanting to be with, and he didn't want to be with her because you know she had kids, uh, three kids, so she drowned him in the river. And then when she had passed, um, mind you, you know uh, God said, "Well you're not allowed to come to heaven until you find your kids." So until that time, she is no longer she is not allowed to be in heaven. So she spends a lot of her time. Uh, on, 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 um, on the rivers and the creeks and stuff like that, just yelling and crying, uh, along the shorelines of of all these things. And if you come across her, she mistakes you as her children and she brings you into the river and drowns you. So that's, I feel like
2: that's one of those ones that, uh, like it's a pretty common folklore, like around the world, with just different variations to it. Cause even in like where I live in Michigan, there's a, there's, I believe it's Dryden road it's about mm-hmm. a woman who had lost her kids yeah. and she pretty much walks up and down like where there's this bridge at like mm-hmm. crying like that, looking for her kids. So yeah. like, I'm kind of curious where the originator was, but it seems yeah, because- like I hear a lot about that linked to Spanish folklore. So maybe it did originate from Spanish lo- folklore.
1: Yeah. When I was doing research on it, I found that there's even older uh, tales that come from like from um, Argentina and Cuba and all of them, they even have it as well. So I'm like, okay, well, so where does this actually, where does this actually start? But, you know, I am determined to go out there at three o'clock in the morning and walk the, walk those uh, that little shorelines and, and see what's out there. <laughs> the, first, the first and only time that I did it, I only had like a small handheld camera and, you know, the IR didn't really push too far. It was probably like maybe two feet. That thing, that thing sucked ass. So I'm like, I when I would pan over, you know, and I'm looking in this little bitty screen, I'm like, man, I can't see shit. It's so <laughs> dark and the IR didn't push that loud and I could hear stuff walking. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, I can't really and I don't want to turn on my light because I know if you turn on the light, you know, everything just I don't know. He's just like, okay, you you tapped in, you tapped out. So I don't want I didn't want to do that. So I was just like trying to hold on for dear life. Just like looking through that little screen to see if anything going to come up.
2: <laughs> it's like a deer in headlights. You flick it on and there's just a lady standing in the woods. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> super, crazy. super crazy. That'd be my Uh-oh. biggest
2: fear. If I was ever doing anything like that, whether it be paranormal hunting or cryptid hunting, is that the one time you flick on the flashlight is when there's something that's like yeah. 10 feet <laughs> off the path that you didn't see staring right at you. <laughs> oh
1: my God. Yeah. But yeah. And then, um, there's um I forget, they call them they call them trolls, um but a lot there's a lot of reports in Mexico of these little beans probably about the size of this Coke bottle, you know that are that that just rummage, rummage around in your home. They take stuff and stuff like that. Um, so there's there's that too. Um, is there
2: a folklore with them about raising your bed at night? Yes, because I've heard that a couple times. There's a different name I heard for it. It begin with a T, but there's something else that sounds pretty familiar to that concept so that's almost like another one that's like where's the where's the originator you know
1: yeah the same thing so i mean i'm i'm just like okay i really want to get in involved in more i mean yeah it's everybody has their their stories but you know of course me being latino and stuff like that i want to kind of jump in more of to like what our belief system is and what it what it where it, where it truly came from and what's really out there as far as that aspect is concerned you know so that's what i want to do if i have the time for it you now.
2: But I mean, assumably, too, it may not be that it's I don't want to say like a copied story, but yeah. if it's something that's like a common practice where if somebody loses their kids, they have an issue passing on to the afterlife. That's where I, you could see it pop up in so many different places. Oh, and same man. with like the the little creatures. Like I feel like any little creature, if you're trying to avoid them when you're at your most uh, like the time where, when you could be ambushed the easiest, like almost anybody's myth folklore would be to like lift yourself up higher so it kind of just seems like universal like logic behind the stories anyways it's not like a copied concept you know
1: oh yeah oh yeah for sure you know and then there's one um that my mama was always told me and i always thought it was bullshit but there was always uh, a story that happened in san antonio you may have heard about this uh it happened either in the 40s or the 50s um some lady went out to a nightclub back then um there was this person there was dressed in white and had a nice white tuxedo and all this other stuff and she had, he had asked her to the dance floor uh, once they were on the dance floor. everybody was just like looking at him and then she backed away to see that his feet were goat 's feet and he had a long tail in the back of him, but he had the whole bottom was all goat, and the, t- the rest of them was like a man and a lot of people say that that she was actually dancing with the devil um, that was like that's an old folklore as well, but I've heard that, that there's an actual location where that happened. So like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready to go whenever, whenever I got time, I want to go to this location figure out what it is and go actually go out there and all those other stuff. I mean,
2: see, I mean I link that to like the, either the goat man, mm-hmm. like cryptid kind of concept yeah. or two, I kind of link it to a, like pan possibly, or like some type of like pan like being.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So, I mean, back in those days, I mean, who knows forties and fifties. I mean, there's been some strange shit back then that nobody was recording at all. So who knows who knows what it was true or not. So, but I mean, I want to go check it out. I want to see what's there.
2: (laughs) I mean, honestly though, back in the day when it came to newspapers, I felt like one that was kind of like the start of when they first started kind of coming up with stories to spark people's interest. But at the same time, they were a lot more open with stories where you would see reports of giants, you'd see reports of all this different all these different things that they try to hide in the media now. Yeah. <clears throat> so like it could be on either side of the spectrum where it's complete honest truth or mm-hmm. it was a story that they made up to get people to start reading their newspaper. But I'm really, really hoping that it's on the side of them just saying exactly the facts without the manipulation of like I'm gonna get in trouble with buyer sponsors if I publish this story.
1: Yeah, because I mean even even my grandpa would talk to my my mom and my about stories about um, especially in this area here where i'm at now like if you see a small little flame in the middle of the woods uh, that's an indication of there's buried treasure there but the thing is with that is like the people from mexico they have the bandinos and all them would actually go and bury the treasure and then decapitate the horse and put the horse's head in there and all this other stuff, and then they would curse it. So then, whoever finds it will literally get stomped to death by something or ghost <laughs> or, horse, yeah, yeah, ghost <laughs> horse or something like that. So, like, there's that. There's um, the story which I think the house still stands, but there's also a story that my, my parents told me about um, my uncle, whom when my, when my, my parents were, were when my dad was a kid, uh, they had a lot of. He had a lot of brothers and sisters and stuff like that. So they were playing tag or something like that. And then as his brother was coming around the corner, he saw his brother get his arm up in the air and was literally getting pulled into the wall. And as he was getting pulled into the wall, his brother, my dad went over there and grabbed his ankle and the other kids jumped in and were literally all pulling and they couldn't like stop that thing from pulling them into the, the wall and then finally uh it let go but it literally took all of them you know to like not to, to to keep them safe and then when my when that happened my dad's my dad's dad got home and then he went outside and he had said that there was some witches in the in the tree line that were out there and he went out there to go pray over them to capture them and ultimately you know kill them stuff like that so you know that's that's like the whole basis of those those types of stories but like even even with my family the weird thing about it is like we were witches and witch hunters if you want to believe that so like um my, i mean whether or
2: not people believe in woo woo or not like yeah those things existed in the real world. There was vampire, ho- like it doesn't matter what you believed in, like in history, oh, yeah. these people existed. So like, it's oh, not too far out there. I believe it personally,
1: but <laughs> yeah. So, like the, the story with my family is like my, my uh, dad's side was the witches. So they would actually cast spells and stuff like that for to hurt people, do those types of things. Then my mom's side would be the people who would hunt those witches down and actually try to kill them. Um, So ultimately, I don't know where in the bloodline that you know my mom and my dad got together, formed me. So it was like the witch hunters and the witches got together.
2: (laughs) Hey, but that's like the best of both worlds though, because you can understand the logic on how to rid the world of them, but you also understand the logic of how to move around in that world at the same time. So honestly, it's like a double positive if you're trying to be a hunter anyways. Cause you have to have an understanding of like what they're doing in order to understand how to react and how to proceed with, you know, reacting to what they're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, there was a, a friend of mine, um, he used to call me like a shadow Walker cause I could actually be in the dark, but not really be in the dark. So I would understand what was going on and, and kind of knew that by just by second nature, I knew and understand everything. And really, I didn't really do any homework. I really didn't study it. I just knew like the prayers. I knew certain prayers. I knew certain rituals out of nowhere. You know, I just knew them, you know. So that kind of helped me up a lot, a lot. And when I got onto this path, it was kind of, you know, I'm like, why doesn't anything really affect me? You know, but I am, I am literally able to get into that dark mode and come out unscathed, so to speak. You know, I, I've had instances, but it's almost like I can almost be them, be there side to side, you know? So it's tricky and I find it helpful and I'm just trying to help my, get my abilities even more further than they are right now. You know? So,
2: well, I mean, with that coming together of the families, it almost seems like it's something that was like set in the stars where it was intended to happen. So Mm -hmm. like, regardless if you strayed from the path or not, like, you have that perfect setup where like y- you were going to proceed doing this no matter what way you looked at it. But
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always believed that I was here for this reason, you know, um, no and no matter how many times I would think to myself, like, that's not, that's not where I'm supposed to be at. It would always be something like, Nope, this is where you're supposed to belong. And pulls me back in, pulls me back in no matter what I, even when I was heavily involved in music, You know, there was always that other side, like, no, you're not supposed to be doing this. You got to be doing this side. And eh, even just from
2: knowing stuff, too, it almost sounds like you uh, if you believe in like the Akashic Records, like you just have like that tapped in tune to the Akashic Records to get the information that you need to proceed.
1: Yeah, I mean, even even with like prayers when when I would uh, when I went to Wisconsin, you know, I know that I had like with my abilities uh, almost for an entire year before Wisconsin something was always telling me I got to prepare I got to prepare something's coming up something big is going to happen I don't know what it is but I need to be ready so you know I did study the bible but it wasn't not certain prayers I wasn't actually googling for like you know what what type of ritual what type of prayers do I need I just didn't know I just knew like the basic stuff and I just knew I had to get prepared for something you know but once we actually hit Wisconsin it was just like something else was just like nope we need to say this prayer. The thing is, I didn't even know that prayer. I just knew it. It was just like, okay, I got to say it this way and I got to do these things. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. You know, even even going outside and actually praying over the land, you know, I did it in a almost Native American way. And the thing is, I really never really studied Native American rituals or anything like that. It was just like something was just like telling me you got to do it this way and this is how you do it and we're going to give you the words and it was just like flowing just coming out of me and I was like, I don't even, I really didn't know, you know, but like a lot of the information that I do know, it's just like I just know for no apparent reason and I know it and that's just, I'm just going to go with it. So
2: it almost shows that there's good beings out there that I believe are giving you this information and helping to protect you and that's why you come back unscathed. So just having this information just kind of like shows that there there's a dark side to everything but there's also a light side to everything that's still existing within the same space as that dark side of everything
1: oh yeah yeah cuz like even with like the negative stuff um the way my abilities work with them it's almost like they are giving me their playbook and i'm like literally reading it i'm like okay it's going after this client and this family member this family member this family member and i'm like literally and i'm literally picking up on anything everything And I also have the ability to to also unmask whatever that entity is. So if it's coming to you like your cat and I'm sitting there and I feel the attachment off your cat, it's almost like I can peel its its mask back and kind of see for what it really is. And once I get to that point, it's like the whole energy in the room changes because now it has nowhere to run. I know what it's doing. I know what it looks like. I know what the game plan is. I know exactly what's going down. And they do not like that at all. And, you know, I feel sorry for the people that are in there with me during that part, because once it gets that point, that to that point, it's almost like, okay, I'm going to unleash everything on you and whatever's in this room. And for me um, it's almost like a very spiritual battle there Um, for other people. They're either getting scratched. They got a severe headache. They just can't be in the room anymore. They feel dizzy. They're throwing up, uh, <laughs> whatever it is that they're going on. And I'm literally just like, boom, with it, you know, and I'm 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 battling with it in my own way. But um, it's, it's odd how that works. So I, I like I said, I think because of that ability, I'm able to understand what's going on and get a deeper understanding of what the being is, what the entity is and what it's trying to do you know, so it's I mean, just bit- having
2: an understanding of them makes it so it's harder for them to manipulate you altogether to begin oh. with, you know?
1: Oh, shit! Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've been to some of these places and I'm just like, I'll literally put a, a, put my hand on the floor and I'm like, I dare you to cross this. And I challenge you right now. A lot of people don't even do that, but I'm like, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to push me, challenge you to scratch me. I challenge you. I am challenging you. I want to see what you're made of. I know you're saying the demon word on the EVPs, but I bet that you're not a demon. I bet that you're you're acting something totally different, and it ne- never reacts. Never reacts with me.
2: It's that tortured yep. soul trying to play that card to get, like you yeah. said, the big show in there. That's what it is. They're oh, trying yeah. to pretend like they're the big show, but they're not.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then there's some cases just like Wisconsin um, where I did that, and I literally felt it come right up to me, and breath. Uh, its breath was like so heavy and so. Um the heat on it was like something I never felt before. It almost felt like the nostrils were probably about this big on each side. And it was just like you know, it had
2: like a smell to it, as weird as that sounds, but it it did. It had
1: like a it had like a rotten smell to it, you know. So I I knew what it was, but um that whole energy versus other stuff that I have felt, not comparable at all. Not comparable. That's why I tell people, um, you would know truly when something demonic is in your home because what that energy brings is like you'll never experience it you know it's totally off it's 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 just a whole another it's a whole another feeling you know um when people say like i have a demonic in my house i'm like 90 99 probably you don't have what you think you have and then we go in there and it's usually something totally different but
2: does it give power to it? Just assuming that it's stronger than what it is.
1: Yeah, it does because that fear comes with it. Hmm. You know, it's it's like a lot of these uh, investigators. Have um, you noticed the the immediately as soon as that the D word demon comes out? I mean, you'll you'll see them on you'll see them on their evidence review when they're posting shit like, oh my god, it's saying demon, demon, it's a demon, and you just see how the energy is with them. And that right there gives them the energy that they need to do whatever it is, even though, it is, even though it's not a demon. It's like it was, a compliment.
2: It's like telling them they're yeah. great. So then they're like,
1: yeah, I am great. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> I am <just> a <laughs> Yeah, but I don't. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, if you are, I want to see you do something. Do something to me. Let's see. And I'm literally challenging. Let's go. Come on. I know you're not. I know you're not. And that's why the other side don't like me so much. <laughs> They truly don't like me so much
2: (laughs) So uh This has been an awesome conversation man I'd love to have you come on my other show eventually too And uh that one's bizarre encounters For anybody that isn't already familiar with it So I'd love to get into this other side of stuff And I also have my co-host on that one So we can get two more sides of questions and stuff But as far as today goes I always like doing uh words of wisdom From the guest to the listeners So if there was any words of wisdom You could bestow on the listeners What would it be?
1: Um don't believe everything that you hear and always trust your intuition. That's that's one of the biggest things that I tell everybody, always trust what your intuition tells you. Because without that, it's almost like you're walking in blind and doing everything blind, even though there's something telling you, hey, don't do that. You know, a lot of people just don't pay attention to that part, you know, but I always tell my clients, especially people who have abilities and they are just learning about themselves i tell them don't ever question what your intuition is telling you always trust yourself always trust yourself you know so that would be my words of wisdom right there
2: i'm sure i've said it a million times on the show but i'm one of those people that always trust my gut feeling and it's Mm -hmm. never steered me wrong like just having a conversation with somebody in the first like 30 seconds i'm talking to them Mm -hmm. like i can tell if there's somebody that has something off about them or if there's somebody that's like a true person and kind hearted. And every single time I've ever made that assumption right off of like that gut feeling, I get, it's never been wrong. So like, for me, it works for you. It works oh, yeah. anybody else that hasn't just listened to yourself. you Start doing it. Cause you never know where it might be and you're never going to find validity in it until you actually take that leap into trusting it. And then you'll start noticing that it is right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I 100% agree. You know, it's, it's something it's like, um, this last podcast that I was on, he had asked me what's my favorite piece of equipment, you know, that I like to use. I said immediately myself, you know, I can't, if I don't trust the situation and something's telling me that it's off, like, okay, I need to trust what's going on within me telling me myself, Hey dude, um, you need to watch out for this person or watch out for the environment because there's something going off here that it's going to end bad. If you don't, if you're not on your P's and Q's, you know, so I always tell everybody, you go into a location and something is just off you know step out reassessed should you really be there or not you know even if it's just going to the grocery store if something's telling you hey don't go today maybe you should trust yourself and not and don't go you know who knows what what could happen between your apartment or your home going to the store you know um it's like that
2: thing where you get delayed for five minutes and then you go to that place and there's a car accident on your way like if you left yeah. five minutes early, would you have been in that car accident?
1: Yeah. So like a quick story. Um, so my girlfriend had bought us some uh, mixed martial arts uh, tickets for a fight that was here in in, in, in the Bell County area. Uh, she spent a lot of money on him. And um, just for some reason, you know, we were just like, we were off that day. It was just like, I don't think we should go. Something just feels off. Okay, well. You know, I'm sorry you spent so much money on it, but I don't. I don't think we should go. And she was a complete 100% in agreement. Like, so okay, well, let's not go. We found out the next the next day that literally that highway that we were all supposed to be on, there was like a, a three car accident, and the road that we usually on the road that we usually take, there was a couple of people who had passed away uh, from the car accident there. You know, and I was like, you know what? When at the times that they said that it happened we were literally supposed to be there. Like that, if that's not an indication of, of trusting yourself, I don't know what is, you know, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you, you know, if we were just like, you know what, we're just going to go, you know, regardless of how much costs, we're just going to go. Even
2: mm-hmm. if just it's something protecting you. Cause like you were yeah. saying, when you're in these experiences, it almost seems like you have like a protective bubble around you. Like mm-hmm. who's to say that there's not something that does that for you throughout all of your life. And just gives you those little kind of hints where it's partly your gut feeling, but it's also something that's been protecting you.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I'm, I'm wondering about that too. Like guardian angels, you know, where does that fit in with all the paranormal stuff? Like, but it really talks about that part in general. It's almost like, well, what's haunting these people, what's torturing these people, but what's also protecting these people too. What's going on on the other side. We don't know, you know, because nobody's really digging in deep on that situation. You know, unless you had like some, um, close near-death experience where you can actually say something about it but it's you one know, of those we'll, things
2: you can never really bring back the information until you can't come back
1: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i don't want to get there i mean i've been there like maybe twice but i don't want to be there again
2: <laughs> <laughs> and even if you're on the other side straight communicating with somebody that completely understands everything you're saying it's still like 80 percent of the world is still going to be like oh that that's just bullshit you know they're still oh, yeah. like throw it yeah. off even if you're giving them the information you know
1: Oh yeah. And there's a lot of people who will still do that regardless. You can give them a whole novel of like, this is off actual. They're like, nah, is it really though? Like, Come on,
2: man. <laughs> hey, you go into ancient cultures and they have these full books written about, about how to pass through certain areas in the afterlife, all this stuff. And it's like intricate knowledge that's been passed down for generations and generations. And people are just like, eh, bullshit.
1: <laughs> not on TikTok. I don't believe it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I don't believe
1: it if it's on TikTok.
2: <laughs> so uh, for anybody that enjoyed this conversation or they want to go on your tours, anything like that, where'd they come and find you at?
1: So if they are, and a majority of people are on Facebook, uh, just go to Dark Explorers Paranormal. Click on the events and you'll see all the calendar there that we have. Uh, I believe we only got um, three, uh, three paranormal tours left. So October 1st would be in the Bartlett area. October 15th is going to be at the bookseller. Then October 22nd is going to be at the secret location in Temple, Texas. So, and I'm not going to give the address out because we just, what we talked about earlier, but literally the, the hour before we're going to start, I'm going to tell everybody to meet me at a certain place. And from there, we're going to walk over to it. So um, even for people who are desperate in need of help, uh, whether they're suffering with paranormal, supernatural, anything unexplained, You can find us on darkest floors, paranormal on Facebook, and we are a traveling team. So we have gone all over the state of Texas. We are fixing to do some paranormal cases all over the nation as well. So wherever we are called, we're there. Um, Other than that, I mean, just find us on YouTube as well. If you want to see some of the, some of the scary stuff that we have captured, it's on um, spooky boy paranormal on YouTube.
2: And I'll add all the links down in the description too, for anybody to, that wants to come check it out and make it quick and easy for you. So I appreciate you coming on today, man. It's you been a great a conversation.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, there are some hard questions there. Cause there are some stuff that I was just like, man, what do I really believe on? Cause like sometimes the, the residential cases are very time consuming and we usually get like three a week, you know? So like to, just to even think about some of the cases that we're taking on and, you know I really don't have time for them and just like really sit there and like analyze and review the evidence really detailed you know like I used to so like when you have the question like you're like hey it's everything on the same plane I'm like um I want I, I want to say I have the answers for it but at the same time I'm like I haven't really done the actual homework to really determine where does it all fall oh yeah so once I do I'm going to come back to you and be like dude this is what I got <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's why I got to have you back on again in the future. I mean, like kind of where I got the name of the show Inquiries of Our Reality is because I'm a very weirdly inquisitive person. So like yeah. I can take pride in asking some of those questions that kind of like stump people for a second. So that just means that I did my job right. And I got you to think deep, which is kind of the whole idea oh. of the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, because somebody asked me that, like I said, a week ago. And back then I was kind of like, OK, I got to think about that. And then you ask me again, I'm like, shit, <laughs> I got to really think about that. <laughs> but I mean, next time I'll have Jordan on too. And, you know, she's, she's very inquisitive as well and really is a deep thinker on some of this stuff and goes at it in a different aspect uh, of the paranormal. You know, I'm more of like the gun ho. like, okay, you need me there. I'm there. I'll jump in and I'll take care of this. She's more of like, okay, let's really do some research on this and figure out what's going on. You know, I'm kind of like with my big Rambo gums like on each hand, like let's do <laughs> this. <laughs> so let's go. Good <laughs> <you> to the <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hey man, any team is better when you have two totally different mindsets though. Because if you have two people oh, yeah. thinking alike, you're not going to mm-hmm. get nearly as much done. So like there's a reason you guys came together. There's a reason why like your parents oh, yeah. came together the way they did. Like it's all set in stone. It's all intended to happen for a reason. And oh, yeah. I'm sure that combination of you guys Figure st- stuff out that the average person wouldn't be able to figure out just because of having two different mindsets.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She's she's very much my my. Well, what's the Sherlock Holmes reference? Any other way? I mean, she's still <laughs> she's, she's not my my Robin. She's still Batman in the other dimension. So I'm Batman, and she's Batman A, two B, whatever you want to call it.
2: Multiverse <laughs> Batman.
1: Batman. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what she is. So yeah
2: so uh, for anybody who enjoyed the conversation definitely go check all of his stuff out super interesting and uh, I guess keep a watchful eye out for both of them popping on Bizarre Encounters and I hope you enjoyed the conversation and have a great night see you in the next one everybody hey everyone If you're enjoying Inquiries of Our Reality, do me a favor and drop me a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, come join the Discord or Telegram groups for the show. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow me across social media to stay updated on the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe to my Patreon for just $5 a month, where you will receive early access to Inquiries of Our Reality, Big Dumb Inquiries, and Bizarre Encounters. You can also support the show by donating on Anchor or Ko-fi which will help me upgrade equipment and hopefully eventually do this full time so I can put out even more awesome content for you guys. If you guys want some t-shirts or other awesome merchandise for Increase of our reality, big dumb Increase, or bizarre encounters, stop by my Teespring store and get yourself something nice. If you're a creator or a listener, come check out Open Minds Media. We have an awesome community of great people who would love to meet you. From our featured creator podcast feed, to chat rooms, to even help questions, this is the place for you. For more information on the community, the podcast feed, and to stay updated on all the new things coming, check us out on social media, and all their links are available on our Linktree. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered on the show, or you feel you can contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, shoot me a message on social media, or feel free to email me at of our podcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the Linktree link to be directed. Or remember, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash increase of Our Reality Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone. I appreciate all of you, and I couldn't be doing this without your support.